Joshua Lewin is known to his fans as the rap artist Illuminative. Joshua, thanks for coming to The Antidote. Uh, it's my pleasure. Good to be here. I suppose I'm calling you a rapper, hip-hop artist, and that might be too limiting because it's also rock and it's new metal. So you like to expand your sound. Yeah, that's for sure. I really consider myself really just an artist, a music artist. And I sing and I rap and I write lyrics and really just do my music videos myself. And I really just see myself as a normal human being who <laughs> who really just loves this music. And whatever style that is, whatever works is what I do. It's not only that, but you also have these dramatically layered melodies. You know, you should really be thinking about film scoring. Yeah, I mean, I can give credit to the production work and the producers on the music for sure, and the band musicians. It's like an orchestra of a blend of different genres. So yeah, it really comes together really well, and I'm just putting the icing on the cake, really, with my voice and my message and my lyrics. But don't you consider that to be the key part of it? Is the message that you're delivering? Yeah, that's what's probably the most important for me, as I feel like a deeper meaning behind the music really takes it to the next level, apart from just being noise. The instrumentals are beautiful on their own, and when you put a different artist over the top, you can see if it's still a hit or not. But when you really do like your own hit on top of a hit, yeah, that works really well. Well, you know what? Why don't I have you take us back to day one of Illuminative? How did it come about? I started music a long time ago, and I just really had a passion for music and rapping and singing. I love writing as well so writing's a big part of that and i actually went through a couple of spiritual awakenings in my story that really shifted my level of consciousness and awareness to really get these subject matters based around like a higher level of consciousness and higher self and moving towards that from previously being kind of a lower version of myself and really just working on myself, updating myself. Uh, some people call it like human 2.0 these days. <laughs> I've gone from human you know, 1.0 to 2.0, <laughs> really connecting to what people perceive as God and really just staying true to that spiritual pathway. So that must explain about your debut release, The Awakening. Yeah, that's right. That's the first project and EP that I did with five tracks with the name Illuminative as I'd had my real name in the past. Really, I just kind of transcended my own ego, ID, government name and mm -hmm. decided to adopt a new name which I created and changed the spelling a little bit so there was no legal issues because there's an Illuminative group in America with the I double L, so... My purpose for 1L is to take out the illness. Right, right. I illuminative, illuminative. The Awakening was a project I did quite a long time ago in 2013. 
And that was based around my 2012 Spiritual Awakening. I got to perform that project live a few times as well. And there was a popular song on that called Guides, which was about being guided by spirit and being guided by helpers, what people perceive as angels or spirit gods. And also that release included a song called Illumination. The lyrics on that song repeat the line, think things out for yourself. But you know, really, there actually are people that aren't comfortable doing that. Yeah. Yeah, that song really captures the mentality of to think for yourself outside of the programming of normal life and outside of education, outside of our box we live in, in a sense. To really think for yourself, once you transcend your own ego, you start to connect to a, a greater consciousness and really channeling that through your human experience to not only think for yourself as your you know, different perspective of God, but as not your ego identity. So who are you really? You are your true nature. You know, there's a big difference between who you've been taught to be and told to be. So we create an ego society personality. Really kind of deprogramming that and starting to go back to source of our true nature and our true nature is also God. Isn't it difficult to divide the two between your physical self and your spiritual self? They're definitely joined as one and it's one unit, but it's really important to identify what is the true nature of self. And that is not our ego. We may inherit our personality from our family mm -hmm. and we may an ego to survive in this society but as the ego breaks down and you experience like an ego death through spiritual connection the spirit starts to drive the vehicle rather than the ego driving the vehicle you know once you get your true self true connection back you start to drive the vehicle as as a spirit rather than your ego less crashes that's an interesting viewpoint. I hadn't thought about it that way. Yeah, because it's important to realize the true nature of reality and the that we are a multidimensional being as well. What's really important is to channel our highest version of self as well. Well, maybe that ties into your follow-up release, because in 2019, Illuminative released the album titled I mean, am I saying this right? Kundalini rising? Yeah, it's a Sanskrit word from India, Kundalini rising. I wrote about that because in 2013, after I had a spiritual awakening, I went through what the Eastern traditions teach about Kundalini rising. It's another form of connecting to all that is, a.k.a. God through energetic awakening, so was taught how to do that in my body to move, to shift the energy. Kundalini was a practice I was doing as well, Kundalini yoga and Kundalini massage, which were both focused on healing the energy, awakening the energy, and it transcending up the body from the feet to the head. 
and then out of the body. Well, that certainly connects in the song that you have on that release called Sacred Temple. And it speaks about purifying your physical body, but it also speaks about keeping your inner self pure. Is one of those more important than the other? Uh, our body is a temple for the greater consciousness to exist in. So, like teach that God incarnates into multiple beings, human beings, to experience physical reality in duality. But the source of everything is also non-duality. I call the duality of physical and spiritual non-duality and duality. That's another duality in itself. So for God to experience life as a physical being is to be a human being as well. Part of us, we have that connection, that guidance. Body is the temple, preparing that temple to have more of that through nature and more of that energy through the physical body to purify it, detoxify it, and be healthier. And so the balance of these three, spirit is a, body is a, mind is a sacred temple. Yeah, it really just talks about the trinity of health, like holistic health as well. You obviously realize that I'm coming at looking at music through that Christian perspective. Do you also visualize things that way? Or are you looking at it in a more all-encompassing form? Yeah, I take a lot of the Christian belief into my lifestyle, and I resonate with a lot that the belief teaches. And recently I did a song called Hope from my new album. Mm-hmm. That really speaks out on reaching out to what people perceive as Jesus and the Holy Spirit and God. Not only talk to yourself, but you're talking to a higher power in which is everything. But really uh, desiring to connect to that, to bring that into your body as well, to feel, to feel it again. I've had my past experience with Christianity as well, so that was one of my first spiritual awakenings. Mm-hmm. I went through that process as well, so I come from that history. And I never stopped believing in God or trying to connect to God. I believe, you know, we are of that same essence, but as well as we're living as a human being with an ego, which is disconnecting us from that too. For people that don't experience the feeling of of the spirit or the connection to God, they really have let their ego take over the vehicle again. When it comes down to it, I try to open my mind, try to open my spirit, and and like I said, I've, I've had my experiences with what people call Jesus. You're making it sound as if we're our own worst enemy. Uh, exactly. Uh, we are a biological animal. We are a machine as well. But the reason we're living is because of consciousness and channeling that essence, the soul, the, the God's soul. And without that, we, we can become destructive and disconnected. And the state of the world, the mirror of the world, represents that. The further we get away from our true nature, which is God, the more disconnected we are. Like, so the ego is running the show. Mm-hmm. And, and as, as you look at the world and look at people around, a lot of people are programmed to be egotistical 
And too much of that ego dominance can disconnect you from spirit. And so I believe we're here to be in the image of God rather than in the image of ego. Well, something that you found important to say was the spectrum, which came out in 2021. And I totally understand where you're going with the title track, because one of my kids is on the spectrum with Asperger's. And the song opens with the line, diagnosed by those who are considered to be normal. So anyone else is delivered a dis, a disorder. Anyone so different is packaged and labeled. And, you know, I understand that because the song shows that you were angry about this. I guess I'm sort of putting a label on people with Asperger's, but generally I find that they're brilliant and they are happy to create outside of the box. Yeah, that's right. That's also coming into your music. Yeah, I'm an Aspie myself. So I was diagnosed a couple of years ago late in my life. So Mm -hmm. problems and struggles my whole life dealing with neurotypical normal people and their attitudes, especially in Australia, like the awareness of autism was quite low growing up. A lot of people missed their diagnosis. We had to live out almost full adult life until we realized that we were on the spectrum, people like me. Mm-hmm. It was just you know, socially when you get in a situation where if something's overwhelming, like going back to school as a mature adult or something, doing public speaking or and just being in groups at school again, like when you're older, even when you're younger at high school, you realize it's way more difficult when you're on the spectrum if you're usually isolated and, and just enjoy doing what you do, what you work on. Mm-hmm. I'm a very fiercely independent person because I'm on the spectrum as well. I never really had the support network or the support group and people... I just got used to being on my own and used to doing everything myself. And that's turned out to be a positive thing in the end. But, yeah, I learned to live without a social life. But that didn't bother you? It didn't bother me eventually because so many people were unaware of autism or Asperger's. They just instinctively rejected my indifferences. I just got tired of being around people who just didn't accept the way I am and who I am in that form Mm -hmm. when it comes to knowledge and researching and information, trying to improve myself, trying to increase my intelligence. So like they say, the wheel was not invented sitting around campfires. (laughs) It was in people on the spectrum who had all the time and energy to just work and focus on their inventions. That's people like Elon Musk. Mark Zuckerberg, yeah. you know, Bill Gates, all on the spectrum. They call it revenge of the nerds these days. <laughs> they all got bullied and rejected by society, and now they're, they're ruling the world. It's true. <laughs> yeah. So for me, I resonate a lot with people like Elon Musk. I, I love listening to what they have to teach or say. Generally, they have a lot of time and energy and effort to do their work and and do something great. And at the end of the day, they are helping people like me, helping the world accept indifferences and change and neurodiversity. Well, that's it, because being single-focused means that you're not diverted away from the task at hand. 
Yeah, and you quoted the lyrics, like they're really important because it, it's necessary to get your labels but then go beyond your labels. Mm-hmm. So at first, I was really happy to get my diagnosis. It, it was like another form of awakening for me. It was like, okay, I thought something was wrong with me, but there's nothing wrong with me. I'm this version of, of human being. Sure. I am neurodiverse. I'm, I'm different in that sense. Neurologically, I'm different. So it just matched up and made sense, and it really helped getting a diagnosis. I guess another way to look at it, though, a question to ask of you about that, are you happy about being that way, or are you just content with the fact? I always knew I was different to people around me, and I just had to kind of live my life solo. I always just thought something's wrong with me or something's wrong with them. But either way, we were different, so I had to just accept the rejection or the differences and realize that there's only a minority of people in society who are like this. So I've had to just find people like me. And, and when I do, it's, it's a really big reward because I can identify them very quickly. Being raised in a neurotypical society has helped me become balanced at left and right wing mm-hmm. and just only neurodiverse. So in the end, it's been productive. But on the other side of it, I believe neurotypical people need to learn to be neurodiverse. I want to ask about something else that I found on the spectrum, which is the song Born Again. I guess this is showing those early Christian roots you had, because it does carry Christian terminology in many of the song titles, like Born Again. But, you know, the song content is different from what people might expect. Like on this one, where you're speaking about life and death. But you're not trying to play games with people. No, it's a very serious song. It's about rebirth. I believe during our lifespan, we have moments and cycles where we have opportunities to be born again, to have rebirth. And that rebirth comes from spiritual awakening or near-death experiences. Mm-hmm. Every rebirth I've experienced in my life has been from the ego death and the shift from the true nature of self taking the wheel again and driving the life into a different direction. And so there's always like a course correction happening. We can only go so far without ego. My ego eventually crashes my life. And so it leads to a near death experience every time. The purpose of that is to realign me back into my true nature, my true path, which is simply reconnecting the spirit and letting that guide me naturally and in that flow, the flow state they call it, to be doing exactly what I should be doing in every moment. You know, Joshua, something that I'm pretty amazed by is how much music you create. Because this year in 2022, you've brought out both the Shapeshifter release and the brand new Endangered. So where do all these song ideas come from? Uh, Life experiences, whether that's in the present, the past, or the imagination of the future. They call it sometimes the divine imagination. I'm a very visual person. That's quite common for people who have Asperger's. Mm -hmm. And so I will visualize and get the ideas 
from that divine imagination of where I should shoot or, and I'll be able to see it before I actually do it or go there or find a location to film a music video, for example. But I imagine it before I actually go there so I don't waste my time physically. <laughs> so mm. it's good to have that remote viewing ability to imagine, okay, what would this be like or what would that be like, especially when it comes to filming videos. As far as recording the two albums, I just had that drive, you know, this year to catch up to where I should be. And to be honest, I've done two projects, but I'm still not up to what my current level of consciousness. I'm backtracking in a sense. Where I'm at is always different to where my music's at. I respect and appreciate what I've done before. It always aligns and matches up, but it's almost a race because I'm evolving so quickly that my releases seem like I'm a level below what I am. And so when it comes to Shapeshifter and then Endangered, both of these albums, I'm really just trying to catch up to where I am now. A lot of it comes from having the time and the energy for it as well. As people have heard and know that I do natural medicines too, like microdosing, things that help connect me to nature and, and to my true nature, the natural medicine. That's been a big part of it as well. I feel they help me stay present and in the moment to just work on one song step by step. Usually I'll get like a group of songs together and, and be like, okay, I can do an album with these eight songs for Endangered and really just stay focused on, on only that for a while. Well, you know, something I've been finding is that on the Shapeshifter EP, it does have a more aggressive sound, you know, especially like on the song No Means No. Was that style change intentional, or is that really just, as you said, how yourself has evolved? Over the last three years, I found that new voice, and that was a, a voice to express like that human rage or anger or in a sense, against the egos of the world, like the ego collective, I'm really just picking up that energy and, and throwing it back at, at the society or the people. So, but I was really happy to find that voice as another style to add into the mix. You know, what's sort of funny is that we're speaking today, which is the actual release date for Endangered. We've already spoken about the song Hope, you brought that up a little bit earlier on. And it also has a song called Utopia. And so I'm really curious, like, how does Joshua Lewin want Utopia to look like? Well, they're two of my favorite songs from the project, and I'm doing the two music videos for those songs. They really represent a similar theme of the ego talking to God. In a sense, when you're disconnected, you're reaching out, praying to God, because you're not embodying God within yourself. So there's a separation happening, which creates the illusion of that we're separate to God, but we're not separate to God. So utopia, just like in the song, I play the voice of my humble human self, reaching out to God and God's answering with my voice, but a slightly different tone, more of a power in the voice, is answering my concerns or my questions about the world. And basically, the 
the higher self or higher spirit or God, whatever you want to call it, is answering me with the fact that we live in a multi-dimensional space and our state of mind and our frequency matches to where we're focused on. And so God mentioned you are in heaven, but you don't know. You're disconnected. You said you're disconnected. Yeah, because I'm coming from an ego state of mind or being. So God is explaining the reality, the reality of duality. So to answer that question properly, utopia is everybody awakening to the true nature of self. Do you think people are actually able to do that? Well, like I say in the song, like God says, everyone's learning, everyone's at a different level. I think it will take a great amount of healing first for a lot of people individually because they need to do the work themselves. They need to heal themselves as well. They need people helping them heal themselves. But to have hope for a utopia, until we connect back to nature and heal ourselves and reconnect to God, we will be in a destructive ego. And so there, it'll be a dystopia, not a utopia. You mean people have to turn off their television sets? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they need to necessarily disconnect from technology or, or entertainment, but they need to have the right algorithms for that stuff as well. If you do watch films or TV or listen to music, it's, you're moving more towards the true nature of yourself. So mm-hmm. watching movies or shows that represent awakening or, or healing, documentaries, etc. So it's not about fully leaving duality, but it's necessary to experience non-duality to then come back in its duality and then go, okay, now I can see it for what it really is. Similar to the Matrix concept, you need to be pulled out of the duality and then come back into it with a non-dual state. Meditation does that. Prayer does that. They all are reaching you out to a non-dual state. As you come back to duality, teaches you with that, once again, that body, mind, soul awareness. Clean up my diet. I need to clean up my mind. I need to stop watching so much TV or watching the news. I have a funny joke. Like, you know, like if you just switch it all off, it doesn't exist. So it's about coming back to the present again. And the present is where everything is a gift. It is, isn't it? Well, Joshua, thanks for joining The Antidote for a talk. Thanks, Dave, and shout out to anyone listening, and thanks for having this interview.